You're listening to a live recording from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. Thanks for joining us. It's good to see you this morning, and uh, welcome those that are watching online. And uh, let's give it up for Blake one more time, you guys. That was so awesome. Just the Mohawk alone deserves another applause. You know what I'm saying? That was so great. Um, before we dive into our series uh, that we're continuing in the book of Mark, I want to give you a little update on uh, what our church is participating in in terms of the support of uh, the conflict in Ukraine. Um, many of you may not know that we're part of a four-square denomination here in the United States as well as globally. We're, I think we're at 65,000 churches in over 150 nations, and we have 32 four-square churches in Ukraine and also several in Russia. And um, the pastors in Ukraine decided to stay um, in Ukraine. Their families were able to evacuate, but they decided to stay and care for um, the many needs that obviously they have in their churches. And so we, we um, are partnering with Foursquare Disaster Relief, which is a, a kind of a disaster relief arm of our denomination in providing um, uh, resource and food and water and trying to get everything we possibly can into um, Ukraine. And so as a church, we donated $10,000 out of our general fund this past week. And there's also opportunity for you if you'd like to partner more in prayer um, and giving and finding out more about what's going on on in Ukraine uh, with Foursquare, you could um, go to our website, westsidechurch.org slash Ukraine, and we have several links there that you're able to kind of uh, find out more. Also, um, let's be in prayer for Russia as well. Our missionary in Russia had to flee uh, to Bulgaria. Um, the Russian, our, our national leader for Foursquare in Russia uh, was outspoken against the war, and so he had to flee, and so there's just a lot that we, can, that we need to be praying over, um, obviously, as we uh, partner together. Um, with the church in Ukraine. So Jesus, would you um, continue to surround um, these pastors who have chosen to stay? Would you give them strength and wisdom, protection? Would you help your life and your light somehow shine in the midst of the darkness that they're experiencing, that they would know that you're with them, walking with them, and that, Jesus, you would somehow encourage them. And Lord, we do pray that you would bring an end to this conflict in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn to Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bible, if you don't have a Bible and you have a cell phone, that's all of you. Go ahead and turn to Mark 4. Follow along with me if you would. The Gospel of Mark, um, it reveals a lot about who Jesus is. If you've never read the Gospel of Mark, what you're going to find is that it moves quick. It goes from one story to the next, one healing to the next, one teaching of Jesus to the next, and it, is, it moves fast. And what Mark is trying to do is he's trying to give a very holistic picture in, in the short amount of time possible about who Jesus is and what he came to do. And so um, it's an easy read. It's, if, you like, if you like superhero movies, this is, that's what Mark feels like. It feels like bam, 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 just action. It's action-packed. Uh, it goes from one event to the next. And so I want to encourage you through this series, uh, we have five more weeks. Would you read through the entire gospel of Mark at least one time? during this series and just sit down, take some time every week and read through this gospel. It will encourage you. What will, it will do is it will remind you, it will give you a refresher about who Jesus is and why he came. For those of you that maybe are a little cynical about this whole God thing, it will also help you to see in a really encapsulated way why Jesus came and what he was all about. And what Mark does is he challenges us to be curious enough to find out why Jesus did what he did. 
why he said what he said. He, you'll see throughout this gospel that Mark wants people, he's, he's, he, he notes people that lean in, that ask follow-up questions, that follow Jesus and why they follow Jesus. Um, and, he, and, he, and he tries to expand our thinking around the kingdom of God and what is possible with Jesus. Now let me ask you, how many of you like keeping secrets? Anybody willing to raise your hand? You, love, you just love it when someone tells you a secret. No, no, nobody's raising their hand in either service. It's interesting. But I know there's people out there that like keeping secrets. I don't really like keeping secrets. The reason I'm, I'm okay, I'm, by the way, I'm good at keeping secrets. It's not like I'm bad at keeping secrets. But I don't like keeping secrets. Um, past, especially good secrets. You know what I'm saying? Pastor Gonzalo and Ashlyn recently had a baby boy. And months before, obviously months before, because when they became pregnant, my wife and I were one of the first people they told before they went public, you know, and it was a secret. They said, you can't tell anybody. I'm like, it's like the best news ever. And you're making me not tell someone? I mean, that's impossible. I, did, I kept a secret. I kept a secret. But what's the purpose of knowing a secret if you can't tell anyone? Doesn't make any sense to me. Like, don't tell me until you want to tell everybody else, you know? But then, but then they went public, right? And then someone asked me, hey, did you hear Gonzalo Nash are having a baby? And I'm like, yeah, I knew. I, I've known. I've known for, I'm part of that group that knew, you know? <laughs> really proud about it. Well, Jesus talked about secrets. He talked about particularly a secret regarding the kingdom of heaven. And he, and he, would, say, and he would actually, and he would actually like say, this is a secret. And only some people will get it and others won't get it. And it's like Jesus is onto something that the rest of humanity knows nothing about, yet he's constantly talking about it. It's not, it's not secret like it's hidden. It's just a secret because not everybody gets it. And he uses this phrase to describe this. The people that want to know his secrets, he uses this phrase, and you see it throughout the Gospel of Mark. If you have ears to hear. If you have ears, of course we have ears and we hear. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying if you actually are really listening and leaning in, you'll get it. You'll discover it. But if you're just one of the crowd kind of hanging out in the background and you're listening to his teachings and his storytelling, you're not going to get it. You're not gonna, only those who have ears to only those who lean in to hear will get it. And it's a secret unlike any other secret. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him. So that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And a parable is a story. So Jesus, when he talked to the crowds, he would tell story after story after story. And they didn't make a whole lot of sense. Let's keep going. Listen, here's the story. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And then he said, that's the end of the story, by the way. That's all he gave us. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
let's pray. I mean, that was his sermon. Um, that was his message to the crowds. Imagine you're on your way home from the market. You got a couple bags of groceries and you're walking. You see this big crowd gathered on the seashore and there's, there's this man on a boat teaching. That's interesting. So you stop and you listen. He tells this story about some seed that falls on different types of soil. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then, and then he, he ends it by saying, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. And you're like, okay, it's, is that it? All right. You take your groceries and you keep going home. You don't think, you don't even think another, you don't give another second to it. You just keep on walking. I remember um, we used to go to San Francisco quite a bit as a family. We liked the city and the kids, we enjoyed the, the it was a lot different than Bend. And um, I remember the, watching the break dancers in San Francisco, the street performers, the statues and all the different street performers. And we would just sit there and watch them with all the other crowd, right? And then as they started to get finished up, we were like, we gotta, we gotta go. Because we didn't want to, what? Interact with them. We didn't want to be that guy in the crowd that they pull into the circle and do stuff with. We're like, that's not us. We're not gonna, and we certainly don't want to be pressured to give money. So we would sneak out early. And I think, I wonder how many of us treat the teachings of Jesus in a similar fashion. Where we hear from a distance, it sounds interesting, it looks compelling, but we don't actually stick around and lean in and have ears to hear. Because having ears to hear doesn't mean that you listen in on Jesus' teaching and conversation from a distance. Just hearing his words doesn't mean you're listening to his words. Those who have ears, they lean in, they ask questions, they want to know more. And here's what a few people did in verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. What did you mean? What is the seed? What is it, the, all the different soils? What, is it, what do they represent? And Jesus said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. When I first read this uh, as a young child, I was, it always sounded exclusive to me. Does it sound that way to anybody else? Like there's a few people who get it, and then everybody else doesn't. Sorry. But then I started looking at all the times that Jesus invited people in and how he never turned someone away. That if anyone was curious enough, if anyone wanted to know more about what he said, if anybody was standing on the, on the, on the shore that day and wanted to know more and they came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, what did you mean? He would invite them to come and follow him and learn from him. And that's, what, that's the heart of Jesus. He was, see, the secret isn't a secret. Because he, he told this other story right after he got done. And I'm not gonna read the parable of the sower. You can read that. But after he got done with that story, he, goes, he launches into another story. In verse 21, and he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Of course not. You put yourself, I mean, think through this, this narrative, right? This story, this, this metaphor, a lamp. You bring in a lamp so that it can, that it, that, so it's not hidden. 
For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come into the light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear, because with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the, to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Uh, I used to, growing up in the church, I heard a lot of prosperity preachers that would use that, like, you give money. They're always about money. Give money, God will give more money to you. That, this has nothing to do with money. This has what to do with secrets. That as you lean in and are curious and ask questions, and, and you get, God will give you knowledge about who he is. You keep leaning in. He'll give you more knowledge about who he is. And it continues to grow like this. And he invites us in. He invites us in. Every single one of us. He doesn't, it's not a secret to be kept hidden. He wants to reveal who he is to this world. He wants to reveal who he is through us to this world. There's a few principles that we see that we can apply in our own lives through these stories. The first is that sometimes you have to get away with Jesus in order to learn from Jesus. Sometimes you have to get away with Jesus, alone with him, in order to learn from him. I'm not always great at this, but I try to make a rhythm out of getting away with Jesus. I try, even if it's just a minute here and there throughout my day. Some people set an alarm on their watch every hour and they take a minute to breathe, focus in on Christ, invite the work of the Holy Spirit. I know some people do kind of a regular devotional time in the mornings, 15, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. That they, they, they spend time just reflecting on Jesus, listening to him, reading his word. They make a rhythm out of this. Um, I try not only to do daily, but I... I try every quarter to get away for about three days. And when I, whenever I tell people this, they always look at me like, oh, yeah, lucky, <laughs> you know, because like, how do you do that? You know, how do you get away? I just have found that I have to take time and space in my life, margin in my life, if I actually want to hear Jesus. Whether it's a minute every hour or a half hour every day or a couple days every quarter, whatever it might be, to have margin in your life to hear from Jesus. Uh, one of the things that our council does, our church council does, is give our pastors a sabbatical every seven years. And so this summer, I'm taking um, a few weeks away, and and I, it's not, and I'm not desperate for it, you know, like oh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make it if I don't get away. But there's this deep sense in me that, and you've probably experienced this too, that over these past two years, it's taken a toll on us. And most everyone, and especially pastors that I talk with, are weary and tired because of the season that we've come through. But I also sense something really significant that as I ponder getting away for an extended amount of time, as I feel Jesus inviting me into a conversation with him, a deeper conversation deeper intimacy with him. And I think if you quiet your heart, you might sense the same. Jesus inviting you to get away with him. Maybe not for a sabbatical, but maybe for those of you business owners or people that have more margin in your life, 
Maybe it is for a sabbatical. Maybe for others, it's just during nap time. You know, like put the kids, put the kids to sleep and then, and then spend some time just being with Jesus, soaking in his presence, turning on some worship music, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's, maybe it's just finding those little, being creative about that. My wife and I used to, when our kids were young, we used to do day exchanges with other Christians where we would take their kids for a full day and then they would be able to get away and then the next week they would take our kids and we would be able to get away. And yes, I was tempted not to come back, but I always did. And, and <laughs> but it was just we, just, we had to be creative when our kids were younger, you know, to find time. But it's so important because I believe that sometimes you have to get away with Jesus, alone with him, in order to learn from him. I love what Mark writes in verse 34. He did not speak, Jesus did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. I, I need Jesus to explain everything to me sometimes. And the, only time, and the only way that's gonna happen is if I get away with him. So what could that look like for you? Second thing I think we see in this passage is that curiosity opens the door to deeper conversation, and deeper conversation opens the door to deeper relationship. Curiosity, I, you know, growing up in the church like I did, I follow-up questions weren't really encouraged. You know, it says it, just believe it. You know, don't question this. Don't question, you know, Jonah and the well actually happened. I'd be like, he got swallowed by a well, a fish. Come on. And the, and the Sunday school teachers would be like, uh, it's, that's what it says. And I'm like, okay. And so I did. I said, okay. And I believed it. That doesn't work today with this generation. You can't read them stories from the Bible and they go like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that happened. All right, great. <laughs> they question everything. Everything is up for debate. And that makes, that makes Christians, longtime Christians in particular like me, a bit uncomfortable. Because it's like, what are you going to question? Are you, you going to question the resurrection next? Right? And I've learned, though, that those who seek will find that Jesus isn't afraid of anyone's questions. Matter of fact, he encourages it. He fosters it. Because, why? Because it, it builds the potential for relationship. Because if people with their questions are that they're permitted to come into a church community, a community of faith, and ask their questions in this, in a safe space of spiritual curiosity, then they, I'm convinced, they will find Jesus. Their search, their quest will lead them to the cross. I'm convinced of it. So I'm not afraid anymore of questions. I'm not afraid of asking them myself or other people asking them because I know that curiosity paves the way. It opens up the door to deeper conversations with Christ because this is what I know about Jesus. He loves telling us his secrets. He doesn't hold back. If we, t if we lean in and we ask a follow-up question, what do you mean by the sower and the soils? He will tell you. He will explain everything to you. Only those curious enough to get with Jesus alone and ask him some questions will get, be given the secrets of the kingdom of God. Because the whole point of Jesus' secret is to make it known to all of us. Pay attention to what you hear because when you get it, more will be given. That's the third point. Pay attention to what you hear. 
Don't just let it slip by you. That's why um, a lot of spiritual leaders will encourage you to journal, to write things down, because as you hear them, what God is going to do is he's going to build on that. So if you, when you hear one word from God and he explains one thing, you, you jot that down and, learn, and, then, and then later as you continue to pursue Jesus, he's gonna build on that, what you've learned already. Pay attention to what you hear, because when you get it, more will be given to you. Um, when I was uh, growing up in the church, you know, the, they would, all those Bible stories, you know, that I mentioned, and, and, you know, David and Goliath was one of my favorite stories, and, and over time, you know, at, at first it was just about this, this short kid from Judea that, and then, that, that killed a giant, and, but then I began to realize that, that, that story was a metaphor in many ways about my own enemies and the things that I wrestle with and my temptations and the things that would try to draw me down. And, and, and God built on that story deeper and deeper revelations about who he is and what he wants to do in my life. See, that's, that's called progressive revelation. God builds on what, is, that's why you can open up the Bible and read something you've, you've read a hundred times before and something fresh will leap off the page. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to build on what he's taught us more and more. Um, I love what Paul um, wrote to the church in Corinth. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. See, Right now, it's like a mirror dimly. We don't see everything completely clearly, but, now, but over time, God is revealing more and more to us. And what's exciting to me is that I constantly see in a mirror dimly. I, I've learned more and I've grown more in who Jesus is, but I still feel like I see because God is so vast. I just love how the church, we box God in, you know, we like, we make neat and tidy God, here you go, this is who you should believe in, as if we got them all figured out. Like we've, we've got the market on God. Christians got the market on God. How naive and arrogant that we would think we know God and nobody else does. God is so vast. Yes, Jesus Christ is the fullest representation of God in the flesh. We have him as an example for us, but God is so much bigger than anything we could think or imagine. And there's always more to learn. There's always, we never arrive. We never got it all figured out. And it's that curiosity and that progressive revelation that I love leaning into as a church and inviting others, especially young people, into that journey with us. There's so much more that we don't get right now, but that God wants to reveal to us through Jesus. Well, I invite Colin back up as we draw to a close here, and I want us to practice hearing the voice of God. I think very few people uh, take the time to cultivate the right soil to have ears to hear, to till the soil of our hearts, to be able to hear his voice to truly listen and lean in to understand the mysteries of God's kingdom. And, and the way that you cultivate that soil is by sometimes you have to get away with Jesus in order to hear from Jesus. And yes, yeah, so pick a time that works in your life, but 
even right here in a, in a room full of a few hundred people, we can get away for a moment. We can get alone with Jesus just right where you're sitting. It's easy for us because we're such individualists that we can do this. We can get alone with Jesus right where we're sitting, even though there's hundreds of people next to us. Where we can lean in and push out all the other thoughts that are trying to distract us and take a moment to hear his voice. And curiosity to, opens the door up, right? That, it's another way to cultivate the soil is to be curious, to be comfortable with your questions and with other people's questions. And when you read the word, when you open up the word to ask, Lord, what do you wanna say to me today? What do you wanna speak to me today? And then pay attention to what you hear. As, as you lean in, as you seek to understand then God will give you things. He will say things to you. And you, by the way, you, you may not know what the voice of Jesus is yet. You, it might be hard for you to recognize that voice, but I believe, and told our staff this the other day, that I believe that God is constantly speaking, that there is a wavelength of God's voice constantly at work in our world. And us silencing the chaos around us for a moment, getting away with Jesus, and, and seeking to, we can tap into that wavelength and and he can begin to download things to us for us to hear, for us to learn, for us to grow in. And I love that daily meditation that, you, that we saw in the video a moment ago during this Lent season. I don't know if you've tried it yet, but we have a team of people who are putting together a daily kind of time away. It's so amazing. It's just so restful and peaceful and sets your heart right. I, I listen to it before my day begins and it sets my heart towards that day and, and westsidechurch.org slash Lent, you can find those videos there and I encourage you to, it's kind of a daily devotion, 10 or 15 minutes is, is all that they require. So I want us to practice. So what I want you to do is I want you to, um, first thing I want you to do is grab something to write with. It's funny to me when people lean in to hear from Jesus and we don't have anything to write, to, write with. It's like, it's like if I'm in, if I'm in a meeting and, and it's in a really important meeting and, and I know I'm gonna, that there's things that I'm gonna wanna capture for later, <laughs> I don't just trust my memory, you know what I'm saying? Um, I write it down. And how much more important is it when we take a moment to be in the presence of Jesus, just to have something to, ready to write down with. So maybe it's just your phone, that's what I use, I use my phone, but um, just something that you're able to capture a word or a scripture or um, a phrase. And then I want you to posture yourself in a way that helps you focus. So maybe close your eyes. Um, maybe put both your feet on the ground, maybe sit up straight, just a posture of, Jesus, I'm attentive to your voice. I wanna listen, and sometimes I'll put my hands out in front of me as well as just a kind of a, an acknowledgement, a physical demonstration, Lord, I wanna receive from you. I wanna hear from you. And I ask Jesus, I simply say, speak to me, Lord. You just whisper that right where you're at, Jesus, speak to me. I wanna hear your voice. Now, what's gonna happen in just a moment is you're gonna do this, we're gonna do this together, and there's things gonna start to kinda 
come into your mind. And what you're going to be tempted to do is try to assess them right now as to whether they're Jesus or the pizza you had last night or something else. And don't do that. Don't, don't assess it. Just write it down. And you can assess it later, and I encourage you to do that, to share it with a trusted friend, absolutely. But right now in this moment, it's not a moment to try to assess what you're hearing. It's a moment to quiet your heart, listen as, as you hear things, feel things, sense things, to write those things down. So let's do that. Let's quiet our hearts, focus our heart and our mind on Jesus. Jesus, our hearts are open, not just in this moment, but Lord, would you help us as a people to get away with you consistently, to spend time in your presence, to wait for your voice. Teach us your ways, oh God. Teach us your secrets. Help us to know about your kingdom, about your way of love. Help us to apply that which you give to us, Jesus, in a way that's honoring to your word. Lord, help us to hear your still small voice in the chaos of our world. Your word is life. Your word is life. And we need you, Jesus. Jesus' name, amen.